Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, Episode 297. It finally happened. The Houdini of the hardwood got his way and is now a Los Angeles Clipper. My stress level is through the roof. We have a four-game sample size of all the NBA teams, who's hot, who's not, and everything in between. Drew takes a trip to Georgia, and Dr. Clips has a diagnosis for you. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew! Kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 297. FML. It couldn't have happened at a worse time. Our boy Adrian Warjano Sleepski dropping a Woj bomb in the middle of the night last night. Right as I'm trying to get in my zone, I got Alexa doing my light rain. I got my heavy blanket on. I'm trying to get my sleep, Drew. And then out of nowhere, just the phone, bing, 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 calls, calls. What is going on? James Harden finally got his way. The Houdini of the hardwood, the great finagler, the burner of bridges, finally got his way. He's a Los Angeles Clipper. Threw my whole night up, Drew. We have spent the better part of three and a half months talking about James Harden, talking about him being to the Clippers. And anybody that listens to our show knows that I did not want this to happen. (laughs) I just did not want this to happen. And the Clippers obviously were... Um, obsessed with the fact of getting James and Daryl Morey got his way. Uh, I think the Clippers stood strong with not giving up T man. We're going to talk about the Clipper side in a moment, but James Harden got his way. He's out of Philly. Drew, what does this mean for Philly? What's your first take on what the Sixers got in return? Yeah, I, I will say it was a complete shock and it does seem there, there there is a pattern here with the Clippers and Sixers trades happening in the dead of the night, like just under the cover of darkness where nobody can be bothered. And shout out to Woj. I listened to his pod uh, just before we came on here and he was at an airport just like Woj would be. And he literally said on his, <laughs> on his podcast, he goes, that's the worst case scenario for someone like myself is I get on a plane and then James Harden is traded while I'm in midair and I can't get it out. And then, you know, obviously Shams would have been right there following him up and, and probably would have broke the news. Uh, and this has happened in the past, as I mentioned, with the Clippers and the Sixers. It happened with Tobias Harris. It was a, a trade that happened just like this in the middle of the night, not nearly as, uh, you know, impactful uh, with with as many major names, but still. Uh, this does seem like when these deals between these two teams get done. I will say shout out to Lawrence Frank and shout out to Daryl Morey for coming to a compromise. It does feel like that. That was my initial thought here was like the Clippers stood firm on Terrence Mann. They stood for- firm on Bones. And, you know, my my initial thoughts, I'm going to talk about Philly and get this out of the way so that we can hear, uh, you know, what your take on, on the Clippers side of things are. But from Philly, you know, it really does seem like this trade is is more about the picks than the players. And that was kind of surprising to me because I assumed that with the loss of the of the production of James Harden, which was roughly like 24 and 11, 25 and 11 last year, points and assists, that they would need an immediate replacement within some sort of trade that he would be involved in, right? You got to get somebody back to help, you know, uh, make up that production. You have, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Melton over there who can who can play point. Pat Bev is over there who can play point a little bit. Uh, although I think his handles have always been pretty loose. Uh, 
But it's like, how, where are you going to get that 25 and 11? How is that coming back? And it does not make its way back in what the Sixers got from players. It is a nice, a relatively nice haul from them as far as like guys that can play immediately. Um, the Sixers get Batum, they get Covington, and they get a uh, relatively exciting KJ Martin, his short-lived <laughs> Clipper career, unfortunately, never really blossomed at all, uh, along with those picks and, and, a, and a pick swap. So those guys are not obviously guards, number one. They're all kind of play the same position <laughs> virtually. Uh, and so from Philly's perspective, I think this is the first domino. The way that Portland treated the Dame trade is like that was the first part of it. And then, you know, they make some other moves after the fact. I still expect Philly to be looking at making an addition in the guard spot. And uh, talking about Portland, the first thing that came to my mind was like, well, maybe they can get Malcolm Brogdon uh, from Portland and do something, you know, mediocre that way. Just get a body in there that can run point that isn't a terrible mix uh, for what they have going on. Uh, But you best believe uh, the second thing that crossed my mind is like, what, what does this mean for Joel Embiid? And I don't, we're not going to go on a tangent here for Joel Embiid, but I do have to imagine that he's not super stoked on the exact, if like, if this is the finished product for this trade. Uh, and I would imagine that a lot of Knicks fans in particular, or any other team that would be interested in it that has been linked to Joel Embiid has got to be pretty happy about this falling this way. Uh, so that's my initial reaction. Philly needs to still add uh, guard depth, and ideally they can make a trade fast to bring somebody in there. I don't know who that is, and it may take a little bit of time. Like They may need some teams to struggle a bit before they're interested in making a move because the season just started. Uh, but overall, I think Daryl Morey can say, like while he didn't get a star player in return and may still need to make other moves it's a pretty decent haul given what the initial conversations and what all the rumors were about being maybe a first rounder and Terrence Mann uh he got a lot more than just those things even though they may not be as valuable as uh Terrence Mann or Bones Highland I think they did well with the with uh, the haul they got I mean I am I am so sad that we lost Nico Batum the Clippers did Nico dirty on this one yeah I mean he he's retiring this year he wanted to be retire a Clipper we are kind of notorious for doing for doing players dirty like this. We did it to Blake. We did it to Lou. We did it to Pat Bev. We just did it to Nico. And, you know, as, from the Phillies' perspective, look, now you're building around Embiid once again, and we're finally, like we've said for months, unleashing Maxi. Maxi is the NBA player of the week this week. This guy is cooking. They have a solid team. Rocco and Nico are good supporting cast for Joel Embiid. Rocco has played with Joel um, a few years back. He has he knows his way around Philly. Nico is the Swiss Army knife, French Army knife, that you could throw him into any situation, any team, and he's going to be successful. Um, you said you have uh, DeAnthony Melton there. They have they, to- Toby. I think they have a good supporting cast for these guys. I, I think Philly did really well, especially dealing with the fact that James Harden was not going to be able to suit up there anymore. You know what I mean? It was not going to happen. Um on the Clippers side of this, again, really sad about Nico and Rocco. We just had this game against um, Wembo and San Antonio, and these guys were huge in that game. Mm-hmm. The, the way that they can come in and play big, Nico and, and Covington can both play five positions if, if they want. This is a huge loss for the Clippers. Now, it's a huge loss in the way that we are small. We got our only loss this year, Utah Jazz, which we should have won. We should be 4-0 right now. Got cooked on the boards. Absolutely cooked on the boards. It's mm-hmm. been a problem for us for years. And those two guys are rebounders who could play bigs, serviceable serviceable minutes. And right now we got really small. So we did bring on 38-year-old P.J. Tucker, who's going to be a good locker room guy. I think he could be in the mix at some point yeah. um, in, a, in, a, you know, in a trade. Um, I, I feel sad for for KJ Martin. That was short lived. It sucks for a young player on on his last year of a deal to come in, do training paint, camp, have chemistry with the team, look forward to building this this thing that they got going, and then get shipped off. But that's just the nature of the business. And I hope uh, Nico understands that too. I, I I still think that we could have held off on one of those guys. I think the package was good enough without having to get Rocco and Nico out of here. I think we could have kept one of them. 
We got off Marcus Morris, which I knew was going to happen. He's been sidelined. He's been on the bench the whole the whole you know preseason and um, regular season. I mean, it's funny because they had him running in the in the starting lineups and in practice. But I I, I knew that was coming. That bridge was burnt months ago. Um, but we didn't address getting bigger. We did address getting hardened. Now, as as upset as I am, I didn't want this to be done. The other thing I want to bring up quickly and you brought him up earlier, was Brogdon, right? I've watched all three of yeah. Portland's games. Opening night, Brogdon cooked the Clippers. I watched his second game, cooked. Third game, cooked. This guy would have been a perfect addition to our team at a cheaper cost. He would have. Yeah. He really would have. Right. I, I, w- I would have liked to get Brogdon. He's smart. He, he knows how to play basketball, plays the smart way, team guy. We could have got him for Marcus Morris and a couple pick swaps probably if we threw that offer on the table. I just want to get that out there first. But I do think that the Clippers and Ballmer have been obsessed with Harden. They really wanted to get this deal done. They held firm without, getting t- without giving up T-Man or Norm, which is nice. But this just shows me that the Clippers are all in. This window is getting smaller, man. It's getting much smaller. We see what Phoenix did. We see what Milwaukee did. And there's this opportunity to bring James Harden in, the best, one of the best facilitators in the game. And it sucks. It does suck. Being people that talk about basketball um, as our passion, it sucks that the narrative that we're talking about James Harden for so long is the drama. You know what I mean? It's the drama behind James Harden, not the greatness that is James Harden, not the guy that you know, MVP, not the scoring champ, not the guy that, you know, basketball, they change rules for the guy. We don't talk about it anymore because of all the antics outside, of the, uh, outside, the leaving of the teams, the strip clubs, all that shit. But he wanted to come to LA for a reason, right? And then and now we got four, five, including Norm, LA dudes, Russ and, and Harden, that this is going to be the third time around, three times a charm, hopefully. These guys have been boys since they were 10 years old. Kawhi PG and Russ had to sign off on this, right? And when I think you look, so, yeah. They had to. And maybe they were quiet about it because we had mentioned that like the reason why I'm not thinking it's going to be done is because we're not hearing anybody speak up about it. And if you look on paper and you look at that starting lineup, you're like, shit, man. Are we talking Harden, PG, Russ, Kawhi, and Zub as the starters? Like, okay. And then they're thinking about bringing Russ off the bench. And I don't want to mess with Russ right now. I, I will say this. There needs to be a meeting held today or tomorrow, or if, if Harden's at the game today, th- those four motherfuckers need to go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And either Kawhi, PG, or Russ needs to draw the line in the sand. We got a good thing here, James, right? We are all vibing right now. The vibes are on point. We're clicking. We're running. They, we are defensively intense right now. Our defense is money. Uh, as far as trios go, Russ, PG, and Kawhi are number one in, in minutes played as trios. Min- not minutes played, they're number one in all categories. Mm. There's a reason for that. Harden needs to understand that he's if he's coming into this situation, he is the third option. Legit third option. And, that's gr- and having Russ as your fourth is even better. But there needs to be a conversation that needs to be had about how we're going to approach this season. And what we want from James Harden. Now, when you when you really think about it, Drew, there are, as much as I don't like it, this is the reality. I have to like it now. Now we have to make the best of this. And how is this going to work, right? And I think this opens up so many opportunities for Kawhi and PG to not have the workload that that they're used to having, accustomed to having. The other thing that's, that's um, you know, intriguing is, is how we're going to mix up these lineups. The amount that, like, we can have PG and Kawhi in with second units. We can have Russ and and, P, and Harden in with second units, or Harden in with Plumlee and and Bones, and seeing how he runs with T-Man. There's a lot of things to do, but at the end of the day, I just don't think we addressed what we really needed, which was these big men. We we went from the wing stop, Drew, to. Yeah. Uh, five guy burgers. Now we're just five guys playing defense. We used to have all the wings, right? That's what we went to. So uh, I think, I think this is going to open up a lot of our opportunities offensively, like the double teams on the Clippers. Somebody is going to be open at all times. And there's something sexy about a pick and roll with Zub and, and, and Harden. There's something sexy about a pick and roll with PG. And you got to watch a lot of these players, man. It's going to be hard to guard them defensively. But 
sorry, I'm long winded on this. I want to get your take. Um, I'm, I'm just adjusting to trying to live with this. This could either be extremely good mm. and the Clippers need to start thinking about the trade deadline. Who's going to be available to maybe get some of these bigs in or fuck if they're going to put, if they're going to try to dish Nico again, maybe try to get Nico back or something. <laughs> but, um, I, I'm still, I'm still processing it, but what do you think from the Clippers side? How does this help us right now? Yeah, I think it, it is interesting timing wise because it, I my initial thoughts on how the Clippers have started the season was that they didn't necessarily need much no. help. I mean, yes, you lost you lost to Utah, uh, but it's not like I mean in every game it's been competitive. I you know you you dusted the shit off. I mean, just crushed the Spurs, mm. uh, and it's just it it seemed um, so surprising that it would go down like like it did, like just kind of out of nowhere. Not necessarily out of nowhere, but like there, it didn't seem like there was any sort of progress. Uh, but clearly, the talks were ongoing, right? Like this whole time, they must they must have been going back and forth for you know it seems like at least two months on this, and then they finally were. I think PJ Tucker may have been you know the big thing. Like the, you know, uh, Daryl Morey wanted Nico Batum, or he wanted Rocco, or he just kept asking for more, and they were like, fine. And they also you got this guy Petrosev, who I'm not super familiar with. We'll see what he looks like uh for the team uh well he i saw his summer league tapes i don't think he's going to get any burn whatsoever uh-huh. but for your pj tucker t- case i think maury saw like how Harden and him were acting on the sideline he's like you know what dude throw that dude in throw- you're you're also going um <laughs> uh, yeah i and look they i think that's actually kind of a nice thing for Harden. he's not isolated in this move and he does have pj who he's known for a very very long time coming in there and i could i can foresee a very you know maybe not uncommon but you know not like a starting lineup where you guys are super small and pj's your five right and i think you know going back to uh the houston um russell westbrook james harden they ran a lot of zero center with those two guys to you know have this floor be spread so that Russ can attack the rim and same thing with, with James but obviously Zubak's going to start you still have Plumley as well yes uh and you know he's obviously going to get a lot of burn here now and uh, and you do have uh Diabate in there I don't know if he's ready or or not but you know he'll be he'll I think he'll be prompted to <laughs> throw on a jersey and be ready you know if somebody gets into foul trouble to to run out there uh but just looking at the starting lineup, which is intriguing. And and I think we'll, I mean, I don't know how you don't try it with all four of those guys, uh, Russ and James and Kawhi and PG on the court and Zubak or whoever, maybe they do Plumlee for some reason. I don't know, but are you thinking uh, about that? Can, are, like, are you really trying to think about this? That is so much. It's like, it's that, a little too much for it, me. Right. <laughs> and that's why I do think like, you know, the rest of the bench idea is going to be around for a while. That's but just why be Russ? floating around. Why Russ? Right, because that's it, it, a valid, valid question. But mm-hmm. the assumption is that James Harden's better than Russ, right? That, that's just the assumption. Uh, and it can be wrong. <laughs> Everyone can have their own opinion on it. Uh, but I also think, you know, kind of the way that the Warriors are looking at this, maybe just like we were talking about Chris Paul running the show for the second unit, and and him and Kaminga kind of being the, the you know the go-to in the second unit when all the other starters are out, it could be a Russell Westbrook Plumley, you know, run the floor kind of a unit that they that they throw out there for Russ to control, uh, which we saw at times uh for the Clippers last year. But the four of them on the court together is is weird. I will say you got good spacing, right? You still have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, who can knock down a three, James Harden can throw in a three from from time to time. Um, but James Harden doesn't play off the ball. And neither does Russell Westbrook. And I think that's the major, like, conflicting factor there. It's like neither Russ of those guys... has been, though. Russ he, has been. I think he's been sharing the ball much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just... He's not an off-ball player very much. He doesn't cut very well. He can't shoot very well. Uh, I think, it, you know, his effort and energy are always good. And he'll crash the boards for you on the offensive end, which is nice. But that's the biggest concern for me. So, like, James Harden has to be the point guard. So then why would you have Russell Westbrook in the game as opposed to Terrence Mann? or Norman Powell, or somebody else that's a better defender, right? Because both James Harden and Russ are not the greatest defenders. Um, so the, just thinking about those four, if it goes great and there's success, then James Harden should definitely you know, have a, a pretty similar look to how he did it with Philly, where he's averaging 10-plus assists a game. And those points per game probably will come down, I'm assuming. 
uh, because the ball needs to be in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's hands first and foremost before James. James needs to realize that he should be the third option here yeah. for scoring. And so that's a part of like that your, your your initial comments of like they need to go to dinner because mm-hmm. this is not James Harden's team and nope. he should not be taking more shots than Kawhi or Paul George ever in a game. Those those guys should be shooting the ball more than him. Uh, and so I just think that needs to be made clear. Uh, and, you know, regardless of how it works out with the starting lineup, uh, you have to say that, you know, these are four incredibly talented Hall of Famers. It's yeah, four Hall, Hall of Famers. Four Hall of Famers on the floor, you know, presumably at the same time from time to time. It 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 could be pretty fun. Uh, but I think the major point here for the Clippers is is the thing you hit on right away. And it's win now. Like this is there's mm-hmm. no, like there can't be any more excuses, right? Like if if there's an injury to any of these four guys, they have plenty of backup, right? And uh, and I do think Ty Lue is also under pressure here, right? Like he can't blame injury. He can't blame, blame depth for not getting them over the hump here and not getting into the finals, which is, I think, getting to the finals, I think, would be a huge achievement for the Clippers. And I, I think once you get to the finals, so many things have to go right for you to win a championship. And, and a lot of that can come down to luck. Uh, and health and all that stuff. So I don't know if they would fire Ty Lue and like blow this whole thing up if you guys make it to the finals and don't win a championship. But that, I think, has to be the threshold that they're held to now. And Balmer is just saying, look, this is it. Like, this is, what else can I possibly, what else can we possibly do to make this team better? And I and I think there is a real chance that James Harden just embraces this. I And I, I'll, I'll close it with, the fact that he's wanted to go here. And I do think we've talked about that time and time again when guys get traded. If they get to go to where they want to go, that's already a great start there as opposed to getting traded probably the way that Nico Batum feels like kind of out of nowhere and, oh, shit, I I guess I'm going over here. James Harden was pushing for this for months and he got it done. So that means he should be in the right mindset to kind of blend in with the guys and try to be the best fit possible. I hope so. Like that, that's my hope. And I hope that there was conversations between Lawrence Frank and Ty Lue and Balmer on the approach of getting James Harden. Like if we get James Harden, how are we going to use James Harden? How are you going to use right. James Harden? Because another thing that's been implemented that all the guys have been talking about is how they're taking the regular season very seriously. These guys are practicing. Most teams don't practice. They're practicing wow. after games. After we lost in Utah, we came back home, had a practice first thing in the morning. These guys are constantly practicing, constantly building. I don't know if James Harden is up to that. And like you said, that's a lot of firepower in, 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 the, in the front line on the starting five. I think Russell Westbrook deserves to be our point guard. I I think he's earned it. He took the pay cut to be there. I'm hoping that Russ, who actually I'm not hoping, I know he is. Russ has kind of taken over that like vocal leadership role. And since he has that relationship with Harden, similar to how Paul George had the relationship with Russell, that there could be a dialogue and a communication on what the roles, the specific roles that we need in order. Look, dude, legacies are on the line for this. A Russell with Kawhi doesn't need it. Kawhi wants it, but there's legacies on the line for James Harden, for Russell Westbrook, for Paul George, majorly for, for James Harden based on the past, all the players this guy has played with. And he's on his last leg trying to get one more contract too. legacies are on the line to try to win a championship. The focus needs to be the chip. The focus does not need to be on. We need four all NBA players. No, we need everybody to play their role. And I swear to God, man, if James Harden can come in here and vibe with the chemistry and give us 15 and 10, 17 and 10, that's all we need. We do not need 35, 35 and and 12. We don't need the ISO ball at all times. But it's just another option, man. And I brought it up earlier. This is where Ty Lue has to be genius. It's being able to have two of those guys on the floor at the same time with this other group of individuals. If it's Kawhi and James Harden and Plumlee and and Bones or T-Man. And look, the other thing is T-Man earned the starting role. Ty Lue said, you are going to be our starter. He goes down with the foot injury, and and now he's not going to be the starter anymore. Can James Harden be humble enough to come off the bench? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think it will be Russ. I think it will be Russ if one of them goes to the bench just because he's done it already. 
and that's fair. And and just because you're on the bench, I just think you need you need Russ's intensity to start the game. Even from last season into the start of this season, there's something about Russell Westbrook that not only uh, gets the the team hyped, it gets fans hyped, bro. Like I I feed off his energy. Like the team used to say about Pat Bev, we play defense the way Pat Bev tries to play defense. We feed off his energy. I think it's so important, especially we brought this up on the last show. You brought it up too. The Clippers' lack of effort in the start of basketball games has completely changed. At the opening night against Portland, I was sh- I was literally shocked <laughs> watching the defense that the these the 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 energy that was being exuded on the yeah. defensive end, which translates into a, and and mind you, we played three bad teams, right? to start the season yeah and, and we should have won the game in utah but we did not get eight up on the boards but we murdered san antonio who's not a good team because of the defense yeah. so i don't know if it's it's so late in james harden's career to ask him to be a defender as well or to buy yeah. into to playing defense i think all the rest of the guys have it's just going to be really interesting to see because like now bones is like the is like maxi was right because like he's this ball of energy who's got all the talent to be a super successful but the thing that this is what scares me drew and i'm going back to size it's like if okay so if we start say we go with that starting five of of harden uh pg russ Kawhi, and zoom now we're looking at our next three guys right and it's going to be t-man norm bones plumley like that is small as hell extremely small pj 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 too who is a zero on offense though like it's it's a legit zero can we agree on this yeah well i mean most nights it's yeah i mean it's it's the corner three that's it he's got the corner three that that sometimes goes and sometimes doesn't go which will be open at all times if you're playing with any of these guys it will be open right that's all we want this guy to do is shoot fucking corner threes all day be aggressive defense and rebound yeah that's it so maybe you bring in PJ to make up for the lack of defense for James Harden, right? Yeah, maybe. Look, it's ha- it, like I said, it's it's happened. He's on the team. I mean, I have to be kind of excited about it. There is this there is this thought of like, fuck, this is really exciting. But like you said, it's it might be too much. And I think if there's at the first sign of toxicity in the locker room or with the team shit needs to be handled internally. And I think it needs to be Russ or Kawhi. That's why I want them to have some kind of conversation. Like why couldn't it work with KD? Why couldn't it work with MB, the MVP? Why do you want out of there so bad? Do you, can you not accept the role that you were like, you're now one of four really great players on a team. When can you just swallow your pride and sacrifice like all these guys have, like Russ had. Russ got humbled as hell in, uh, on the Lakers. Yep. And he got humbled as hell taking $8 million to come play for us. And you should feel humble as hell that we're bringing you on the team because nobody else wanted you. Right. And also, this is the place to rejuvenate careers, right? Like we did it for Reggie Jackson. We did it for Pat Bev. We did it for Nico Batum. We did it for Russell Westbrook. Like we need to, it's time for you to, to, to create a better narrative than what, than what we've been talking about for you for the last three years, man. So if you can do that for us, shit, man, the sky's the limit. Look, we may not have defense, but if you can put up 130 points a fucking game, you're going to win a lot of basketball games, right? Yeah. I mean, it's similar to the Milwaukee Bucks kind of theory that we've been talking about, too. They lost defense, but they gained a lot of scoring in Damian Lillard and they're working it out. It's not the same. Obviously, it's not, you know, apples and apples, uh, but it is a little bit of that. It's a little bit of that flavor where they go, well, you know, yeah, maybe we, maybe we might be a little bit worse on the defensive end or a lot of bit worse in the Clippers case. I think they lost quite a bit of defense there. Uh, but they should be able to score 130, 140 points on anybody that walks in there if everyone's having their night. I just think too the 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 Kawhi piece. I think he's got to rebound more, right? Like I think that's just the simple. That's just like the simple breakdown of this. Like the way that it works with those guys is that PG is always. I think he's a pretty good rebounder for his size and given where he tends to be on the floor. Kawhi needs to get to those levels. He 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 underwhelms me rebound. I mean, he used to be a double double machine, San Antonio. 
And I know, you know, he's got injured and maybe that changes a bit, but especially now, if it's going to be that starting five that we've outlined, he's the power forward again. He's reverted back to the beginning of his career as a power forward. He has to rebound. He has to rebound the ball. Right. He's got to block out. And and I think, you know, his defense is still quite good, right? Like him and Paul George can really play some fucking defense, right? And so they're going to be leaning on those guys. But I can foresee, as has happened with every team that James Harden and Russell Westbrook has been on, these lapses where Paul George and Kawhi have just busted their ass for 19 seconds. And then one of those two guys just like turns their head or stop or watching the ball and, one of the, and they make a back cut and they get a dunk. And then mm-hmm. the body, the whole uh, body language just is deflated. You get the arms going up, uh, which which already happened, by the way. Kawhi was already a little upset with Russell Westbrook's last second shot attempt. So we'll just see how this all plays out. In a perfect world, Kawhi goes back and, and get, gets uh, up to eight or nine rebounds a game uh, and starts to embrace you know, more of the power forward position on the defensive end. And and Paul George also needs to be chipping in with rebounds. I think James Harden actually is an underrated rebounder. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. Both those guys, four guards, have tremendous amount of triple doubles. Russell so Westbrook's can... the greatest rebounding point guard of all time. And I think that gets forgotten sometimes because of the whole, like, stat padding um, mm-hmm. moniker that we put on him. Uh, it's not the easiest thing to do, go get rebounds. So uh, if, if it was, it, trust me, there would be more guys doing it. Like ask Andre Drummond how proud he is about his rebounding stats, right? Like it's not be the first one to tell you. <laughs> so uh, I, I do think that, the you know, maybe if it all works together and they're all uh, unified in this goal uh, and they all put in the amount of effort that's required, it could be great. It really could. And and what and really, we're just talking about uh, not being selfish, right? Mm-hmm. Giving your giving a hundred percent effort, which is a lot to ask for NBA players, a lot to expect out of NBA players these days. But give a hundred percent effort and like play together, like you know, try make the smart basketball play and play together, right? And the rest of the X's and O's and things like that they can work on. But if those three things are happening, uh, I I it should go pretty well, right? Well, I can only be positive. And I think what you said what you said has a lot of weight though. You said you wanted to be here. You chose yeah. to be here, James. So don't fuck it up. Like are you tricking us or are you treating us? Is this just another like puzzle piece that you're putting together for your your own career that you're thinking about? You came here to a really great situation that us Clipper fans are actually like you said, we're fine with. If we didn't get James Harden, I was happy with my team and I'm still happy with our team, but you chose to be here. So you got to choose to play by our rules and what we have set in the preseason with the coaching staff, with our team that you need, you need to fall in line and he could bring so much good stuff, man, offensively for us. He definitely can. Um, And, you know, all the talk about like, you know, if somebody goes out, if somebody's out three games, it's nice to have James Harden in there. It's nice to be able to have Bones Highland in there. I'm like, I are they get? Is this going to happen on on Wednesday against the Lakers? Like, is this what we're going to do for dramatic purposes? We're just going to throw freaking James Harden on the Clippers now? Well, like, there's a lot of there. Everyone's got to pass their medicals, right? And that's mm-hmm. like the final step of this. So everyone's got to report to the team and then pass the the medical exams. Uh, that can happen fast. It can also take a little while. And when I say everyone, like. James Harden won't be able to play until everyone has mm-hmm. passed their medicals, like all players involved um, and, and all players need to report uh, for the trade to be finalized. So I don't think it'll happen that fast. And I also think it would be. Has he played to... a game? I mean, he hasn't played a game. He has not played a game. He has right. not. So he should be raring to go he, just, just, just from a, uh, a ready to play standpoint. He should, James Harden should be ready. Uh, but it, you know, there's some paperwork here, right? There's some due diligence that has to be done before they can do it. And I just don't know how fast that can, that will happen. Um, and I also think like he, he will need some time to integrate, right. To like learn a little bit about what the system is for the, for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not the same system that doc rivers was running in, in Philly. That's for sure. It's They're definitely not. not the same system, right? You don't have the Embiid, uh, you know, gravity, uh, that Philly had. And so, um, I, I don't expect him to play. I mean, you have a game tonight. He's not going to be there tonight. And I don't think he's going to play against the Lakers. I, I do think it'll take a few days, maybe even a week before we see him uh, actually in a game. I think he'll be on the, I think he'll be in the building tonight. 
Oh yeah, I'm, I definitely think he'll be. Why in the wouldn't building. he be in LA already? Like I, he I'm, probably, I'm really tra- probably got a plane this morning out there. Yeah, he probably flew out after that Philly game last night. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, he it was probably he was probably flying home, and then he found out when he got off the plane. Right. Um, look, one one last thing that we can talk about the big four all we want, but like I I do think this is a big opportunity. For like Zub has been really underrated the past couple years. I mean, he has his lapses and whatnot. This is going to open up a lot for Zub, who who needs to work on his hands. Plumley, Plumley too. Like, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of pick and roll situations that, that we need to capitalize off of with both of them. And I think this is a really big opportunity for both of them. Um, I I can't believe that after all these podcasts that we've done. And all the James Harden talk, I cannot believe it's it's freaking done. Yeah, and he's and he's on the Clippers, and this is this is either going to be beautiful or it's going to be a fucking disaster. I'll just I'll I'll I'm my brain's still working on this, but like mm-hmm. in the search for the Clipper bigs, um, I do think there is an opportunity for them to go get Time Lord Robert Williams. From I said the same thing the today. Trailblazers. I think there's yeah. a real chance that they could snatch him. Uh, you know, not, I mean, he's injury prone and whatever it is, but mm-hmm. I mean, he would be a huge addition to that front court for your team. I also think like there's some guys like Harry Giles, who you were already looking at, isn't on a squad. Like there's going to be some free agent guys that you should be able to pick up as like a last resort. But Robert Williams seems like he's available. And if it's not the Clippers, maybe the Grizzlies should go get him. Well, uh, they even the Grizzlies, the pick, court. Grizzlies picking up Bismack. That was another one of oh, my right. things where where I'm like, okay, so if he like, why aren't we looking at Bismack? I've been saying this for a lot of pot. I know Bismack isn't going to be a game changer, but it's a minute filler of a guy that can get rebounds and block shots. That's totally. what it is. He's very serviceable at doing that for ten to fifteen minutes a game. He's not bad at all at that. <laughs> and so. time, time Lord would be the game changer in my opinion. Yeah. Like Time Lord would be that guy if you can give me 12, 15 minutes a night. Yeah, of w- exactly what you do. It would be phenomenal. So I, I don't think the Clippers are done. I really don't. I think um, there might be, depending on how Bones and Terrence are playing. I think there's a there's going to be a Norman Powell thing in there, which I like Norm. You know I do, yep. but I think we're going to notice when we start playing these bigger teams, like we're playing Orlando tonight. I mean, Franz is six ten, Paolo six ten. There's a lot, you know, and then we got the Lakers on on Wednesday, where. Their the, their length has been crazy. So this is going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Am I happy about it? I'm I'm not happy about it, but I'm gonna live with it. And I, I, I still need time to process it, man. I there I need a few weeks of seeing how this is gonna work yeah. because I, I think I've spent in we both have spent enough time saying how much I didn't want this to happen. So <laughs> trick or treat, James, what are you giving us? Do you want to bring up anything about your Lakers right now? Do you have anything to say um about your boys two and two? Yeah. 80s 80s numbers have been quite impressive. Austin Reeves numbers haven't LeBron's playing a lot of minutes like that minutes restriction went right out the window. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, Drew, what are you thinking? A, a four game sample size? What's up? Well, I, as, as I did mention in the last podcast, I was in the great state of Georgia uh, over the weekend and we were up in, in Blue Ridge is literally the name of the town. It we looked were in. beautiful by the way. It was gorgeous, man. The, we had the full fall experience, right? All the colors and the leaves. We were up in the trees and stuff and really kind of a cool town. We stayed at a great uh, house, Airbnb, that we were, we were all staying at together. But uh, East Coasters, man, I just, every time I go back there, I'm like, how do you guys function this way? I mean, I had to stay up till 2 a.m. to watch the end of the Laker game. Uh, so, And I wasn't able to watch all of the games. So I've I've done my best. I've been home for a day and I tried to like, download as much of the of the games as i possibly can of course you know i stay up on the scores and whatnot um i just think we're 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 ramping up here i would have loved for us to be in a much better like ready to go kind of shape uh than i than i've seen uh out of us and of course we had that kind of disappointing start to the season going against denver which we we covered pretty much in depth uh on the last podcast uh, but you know, since then, having us you know lose to Sacramento, not not awesome, right? But the the Phoenix Suns game was a lot of fun. KD going off and him and LeBron finally fucking playing against each other for the first time in five years or was seven years? Oh, I don't wow. know how long. It's which is outrageous. It's it it actually outlines the 
entire problem that the NBA has is like these two guys are two of the greatest guys that have played in the last 25 years and they've never played against each other in mm-hmm. several seasons. Uh, so uh, anyway, that was cool to see them out there and we barely got over the hump. No Booker, no Beal barely got over the hump there. So I just think, you know, I, we're, I'm going to keep dusting this rust off. I'm going to, I'm going to give them 10 games. Look, man, we were slow starters last year. It worked out. All right. I'm not going to sure panic. Did. Uh, and I certainly don't want us to be two and 13 again this year. So please God, let's avoid that. Uh, but I, you know, I'm not going to panic yet. It's, it, it's a still a work in progress. I think, uh, what I've liked what I've seen out of D'Angelo Russell thus far, actually, I think he, he might actually be pretty committed to, you know, staying on this team or at least, you know, uh, trying to stay on the team and, and not getting traded mid season, which he is got a great bang out last night. Did he not g- give me some Paolo Bancaro? Give me some of that, Paolo. How about that? Lefty, right to the rack. Uh, I think Austin Reeves has been a little disappointing thus far, but I also think he's not integrated into the offense as much thus far as well. Like I think he, they're still kind of working out where he's going to fit in, uh, and, and it's not the same look that that he was getting last season where he, the ball was in his hands a lot. And I just I I would like for him to be performing better. Of course, uh, I also think this is going to be this is going to be a really challenging year for him. I, you called it, it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you think he's going to take a step back. I I, I still think I, he has a pathway to success because he's a very talented player. But this is going to be the hardest year of his career thus far. It's year three. There's no more pulling punches here. Everyone knows who you are now. Uh, so you gotta you have to kind of rise up and, and be above that. And I'm hoping that that'll happen soon for him. Uh, but uh, look, you know, four games in, we're two and two. Yeah, could be worse, I guess. <laughs> could definitely be worse. Um. Let's take a trip around the NBA right quick. I know it's only been four games or four. Yeah. Four games for most teams. Most teams, the rest of the teams are going to get their fourth game um, tonight. Clippers included, but a couple things have stood out to me. Um, and the first one I want to bring up who I was really down on was Dallas, right? Same. I was but, also down on them, man. I got to say there's a different motor in Luca this year. We've been asking since he came into the NBA, can you come into shape and, he looks in shape. There was a couple plays in the game I watched the other night, Drew. I saw this dude like speed dribble up the court, mm-hmm. like speed dribble up the court and 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 lay it up. But I was like, holy shit, I ain't seen Luca move that fast ever. I didn't know he I, had that gear. <laughs> I didn't know he had that gear. And then, you know, we were we were questioning the rest of the team. And it's like, okay, okay, Derek Jones, you're gonna be a three-point shooter now athletic long three-point shooter Derek Lively's sticking out he's the talk of the NBA Tyson I like Derek Shandler. Lively I like, do too I like Derek Lively a lot and they had Tyson on uh all the smoke and that interview was really interesting because Jay Kidd saw him in workouts and and Tyson couldn't get to the workout and as soon as Tyson got back Jay Kidd was like look I wish you were here yesterday you should see this guy mm-hmm. and once he saw him Tyson's like look I'm like this guy could be my project this is my purpose for being here yeah and right. he, Jay, Jay Kidd said he reminds me a lot of you. And if you can get that kind of effort out of Derek Lively, that's what, these are the kind of guys you need on that team. Uh, active people getting rebounds and defending and getting the ball to Luka. Tim Hardaway hitting shots. You got Seth Curry, who's injured again, I think. Um, yeah, he's had, some, he's had some injury problems, obviously. But Luca's been on fucking fire. Like, this guy is insane. So yep. as of right now, four, uh, they're 3-0. They're oh, they ain't lost yet. And uh, I'm really impressed with them. They're kind of they're kind of shocking me a little bit. Yeah, I mean they're first right now in offense uh, points per game. They're averaging 125 points a game. Mm. That's great, right? That's like that's great. really great. The problem and and why you know it is so early for us to be giving any sort of analysis. They've played three powder puff fucking teams, right? They played the Spurs, they played Brooklyn in a tight one. By the way, that they only won that one by five, and then they played Memphis, who actually turns out is kind of a powder puff team right now. They are horrible, Drew. Really bad. They're, so they are horrible, bro. I, I'm gonna hold judgment. They have okay. Chicago coming up next, right? That'll be interesting. And then Denver uh on Friday. That'll be a great barometer, right? Mm-hmm. Like we always I always think the Milwaukee Bucks is how I tend to judge uh how teams actually are, like how good they are is when I watch them play the Bucks. I could, the same could be said for Denver. Denver is class the class of the nba right reigning champions they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon we'll see what that looks like and we'll see how effective luca can be uh against that unit 
but yeah, great start. I mean, look, I, I, I'm not going to uh, kind of be downtrodden on the fact that they beat three teams they should have beaten. That's exactly what they should do. Uh, and the offense is nice, but they're still like 22nd in assists, which means mm-hmm. you're still getting a lot of, you know, uh, unassisted buckets, especially being the highest scoring team in the 22nd lowest assist team should should point to the fact that they're, you know, really taking some individual <laughs> efforts. Well, Luca's uh, going for 35 every night. So, yeah, Luca doesn't, you know, he doesn't need to pass. Right. Sometimes he just doesn't need to pass. And I get that. Same thing with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think they have. uh uh, started with about as as much optimism as you could possibly have, right? Uh, they they kind of took a swing on Derek Lively, who who was a very highly recruited high school player, but you know didn't have you know the most amazing year at Duke, and people thought that they reached for him at ten, and right now it's looking like a pretty good pick, right? You know, I and uh, I, I'm excited for that kid. I think he's going to fit the role perfectly to the point where like you know Dwight Powell looked pretty good in that system, and if he can be you know slightly more athletic than a guy who messed up his knee tremendously uh they should be in great shape and he looks all all types of athletic and and, and loves to rebound and uh block shots so i think uh, they might have unlocked something there uh but yeah dallas is look good man uh he looks great like he looks like the perfect player for them they're very high on him i i gotta give some shout outs although you know first of all you mentioned powder powder puff games and that's true and the clippers have had three of those as well mm-hmm. and uh they are good for confidence, right? They're good yeah. practice games Huge. for you. But yeah, you're, you know, when we see the Lakers on Wednesday, those are, that's going to be like the gauge. You know what I mean? Now you're going to start playing even tonight with Orlando. I like Orlando, you know, I'm high on them. They could have won that game against the Lakers last night, yep. but with, with these powder puff teams, I know it's early, but our boy, Benjamin Simmons, man, eight, 10 and eight, like <laughs> that's what you want from. That's what we asked, right? Like Dude, that's all he's ever needed to do. That ever. It. That's all he's ever needed to do for everyone to get off his back. Right. I totally agree with you. Eight, 10, and eight. Those are phenomenal numbers. Now, it, all you need is another bucket and two more assists, and you'll just average a triple double, bro. That's all you need to do. And that's Cam what he Thomas, was doing. That's, that's what he was doing in his heyday in Philly right? when it was all going great. Cam Thomas, who, Phew. if you give this guy any handful of minutes, he's going to get you a bucket. He's, av- he's had th- three 30 point games. Yep. The guy's hooping, but. Man, I just had, I, you know, I rip on Ben Simmons a lot, but those are the numbers. It's not hard. Obviously, it's not hard for you, Ben, right? Yeah. No, and it's great. I And I, I actually do think the Nets kind of need that from him, right? Like they have Spencer Dinwiddie and Cam Thomas is not a playmaker. He's a he's a scorer. Right. And so Dinwiddie can be the playmaker a little bit, but Ben is probably the best passer that they have on the team, right? Say what you want about him. He's got good vision. <laughs> and he could pass the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do think he can continue to do this, man. I, and we, I, I will, I will bet zero dollars that he'll average a triple double this season. Uh, <laughs> I would also bet zero dollars that he can average 10, eight and eight, but you know, <clears throat> that's like, like we're saying, if he can deliver some version of that for them, that's, that'll get him right back into the mix. Uh, they'll gladly get write you another payday. Yeah, they'll they'll gladly write him his game checks. He won't get traded again, right? And mm-hmm. so we'll we, you know I'm not going to hold my breath either. Won't bet any dollars. Won't hold my breath. But I'm excited that he's that it's happening for him because uh, he is a, he was a great. I, I really enjoyed watching him play when he was doing when he was carefree and not like mentally broken about the game of basketball. You, you know how much I've, we've ripped on Ben Simmons, and then the other night, you know I'm on a lot of drugs, which I'll explain at the end of this show. Mm-hmm. But there was this, I was thinking to myself before we made the Harden trade, I'm like, you know who would be fucking perfect if we got a good a good version of him would be Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. It would just be, it would be perfect. Like that's the guy we're looking for. But then I, I actually woke up from my my pipe dream, like, nah, maybe not. Yeah. So that would be a the, little much. <laughs> on the other end of that, though, can we talk about Memphis for a second? Because yeah, I did sure. I, I did watch them the other night and I feel so bad. That you know, Stephen Adams is out for the year. Yep, and Jaw's out for twenty five. And we we made the call before the season started. Like this, this twenty, this is going to put them out of the playoff race like quickly. I think. And this is not a knock on Desmond Bain, but if Desmond Bain is your best player on your team and he's your he's your guy that's going to have to get you over the hump, he, I, I, it's just not going to happen. And um, you know, they're playing David Roddy a lot, big body Roddy, evil Jamal Murray. Um, they just don't have enough enough man like they they're i don't i don't know when they're gonna like are they gonna win five games by the time jaw comes back at 25 well look i mean they lost uh to denver by four 
and lost to Washington by seven. Ugh. Uh, Denver by four is a little, it's like, wait a second. How did that happen? Right? Like Denver obviously probably fucked around a little bit in that game. Yes. Uh, but yeah, they lost it. So they're on four. Uh, the other two losses were to the Pelicans and to the, uh, aforementioned Dallas Mavericks. Uh, yeah, it's not great. And they just can't score. I think that's the bottom line right now. They, they're just struggling to put the ball in the hoop and that's shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Right. Jaw jaw averaged 30 points a game for them. Uh, and he's gone. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Desmond Bain is their best player on the court right now. And uh, the problem that he has is he's he is not an elite one-on-one shot creator. I think he he at times is an, an elite shot maker. Yes. But he doesn't have the one-on-one ability. You need to go set him a screen. He needs to be coming off of a screen. Uh, they They need to set him up. And I think they're trying their best. But they're averaging 106 points a game, which sounds like a lot. But in the NBA scheme, it's only 22nd in the NBA. Uh, so those points have to come back. Somebody else is going to have to chip in a bit. Um, not the greatest start for the Marcus Smart, Derrick Rose uh, duo. Uh, but it is still early. This is a team where, you know, the the greatest hope would have been them being like 13 and 12 after the 25 game suspension from John Morant. Right. And they still very much can achieve that. It may not be that. And maybe they're maybe they're 10 and 15. Dog, I don't think they I think they start. Oh, and 10, dude. Honestly, <laughs> I don't think it'll I be do. that bad. I do. I don't think it'll be that bad. But jaw can't get back faster. Uh, he right. cannot get back fast enough. And, uh, you know, I think the as you mentioned, they signed Bismack Biombo. That's that's a great filler. Um, he's not Steven Adams for by any stretch of the imagination, but. Uh, they're in a tight spot, man, and it, it just—it's really unlucky for them, right? It just feels really unlucky because they had Valanciunas. <laughs> I just keep going back to this thing, like I'll just rehash something there, but like they had Jonas Valanciunas in that role, and they decided to trade for Stephen Adams. And uh, I was—I kind of scratched my head at it. I'm still a little kind of bewildered by it. Uh, but Valanciunas would would be great for them right now, <laughs> and he's. Not on the team. And Steven Adams was great for them, was a perfect fit, I think. So I understand why uh, after the fact they went for him. But uh, his loss is, is, I think, just as massive at right now as Ja Morant's is, even though we know Ja will eventually be back in the in, in play here. But it's going to be a lot of pressure on him, man. A lot of pressure on him returning uh, and then immediately trying to put them back into the winning spots that they have been over the last couple seasons. It's not going to be easy, uh, especially with, like, you know, and maybe starting off in a pretty, pretty tough record there. Uh, and he can't get injured, right? That's the, that's the thing now. Like you already lost 25 games. You can't be out for another 10. Mm-hmm. You can't be out for another 15 games with an ankle or a knee or anything like that. So he's got to come back and play 50 games, like all of them. <laughs> so it's, it's, the, it's uphill battle for them. This might not just might not be the Grizzlies here. I want to start a new segment on the show right now. Do you mm-hmm. mind if I do? Do you mind if I implement a new segment on the Let's show? Do it. Go ahead. It's going to be called Nurk Watch. Yusuf Nurkic Watch. All right. <laughs> I want to give numbers to everybody because I'm the only guy to like this trade. But Nurkic, nine, ten, and four a game right now as of Nurk Watch week one in the NBA. Not bad. Nine, ten, and four. Uh, one more point I want to make. I need Scoot Henderson to start start doing some shit. Okay. Yep. I need I need Scoot. I need Scoot to get acclimated. Okay, got a lot of Scoot stock. Got a lot of Scoot stock riding on on you, buddy. So, um, is anybody else sticking out to you right now, Drew? Before we get into final thoughts, um, I think something. It's more about like the trends and and maybe where we are from a from a big picture point of view. There's only three undefeated teams left, and most teams have only played three or four games. You have the Celtics at three and zero in the East. Nobody else in the East is undefeated. Uh, <laughs> In fact, only five teams have a record of two and one or better. So, uh, in the East, in the East, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the West, it's Denver and Dallas. So those are the three teams that started undefeated. It's always kind of surprising the way it works out these days. Uh, who finishes? Who starts hot? Which team starts on fire? We had that crazy start to the year a couple seasons ago from the Chicago Bulls of all teams, and Pelicans were incredible at the beginning of the year last year. So we don't want to read into it. But it is crazy that I usually there's a handful of teams that are undefeated by now, uh, but not the case this year. I I just love Oklahoma City. 
I, I'm, I'm going to continue to love Oklahoma City. Uh, I, I can't get enough of watching them. I watch all their highlights when I was in Georgia. Uh, I'll be consuming all of their games, as many as I can this season. Uh, and the bang out that Shea Gilders Alexander delivered to Joe Harris is, I mean, what a what a beast, right? He did the defender was on his hip that whole time. I think it was Jaden Ivey was just on his hip and he just held him off, held him off, two footed, two handed, yammy, right like right on top of Joe Harris. Joe Harris, get out of the way, step up and take a charge or get out of the way, bro. You're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, but great yammy from him. I just I think they're going to be a really really fun team this year. We've talked a lot about them, but. That's just they're three and one. I don't see them slowing down. They're taking, in my opinion, they they are going to replicate. Maybe not exactly, but the type of uh, momentum and mentality, and and hopefully results that the Kings had last year. I do think that they're this year's Kings. I think they've been ready for that. That's what uh, I said, and I did I bring that up. That, that's what they could be. Yeah, it, it, yes, I'm echoing exactly what you said. I I still don't think they're going to have like. The level of success the Kings reached last year at, with the three seed, I just I, that's just so hard. They could though, like they I would be shocked. Would you be shocked? Uh, yes, I would be shocked. I would be I would be shocked with with the <laughs> with the four headed monster of the Clippers. We have the Lakers, uh, the Suns, the Denver Nuggets, the Warriors, or Chip. Yes, I would be shocked if they made the three seed. Just like we all were shocked that the Kings made the. So yeah. it's, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's just not very likely, and I would be shocked. Uh, and uh, I just think that they're going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to be really tough out in the playoffs this year. So uh, I'm excited for them. And who knows what they're going to do? That, that's the other thing we, we've mentioned again. I don't need to keep repeating ourselves, but they they are in prime position to make a crazy trade if they wanted to, or even just like a, a good trade. Like it doesn't have to be some like whirlwind blockbuster trade. They could just go get like OG Ananobi or I don't know, somebody solid that they, that it can improve yeah. them even a little bit better. You think um, it would be easier with all the picks they have? Like you should be able to like pick and choose who you want on your team, right? With how hard is this? So many like, picks. I just I think I think Presty just loves it. I think he, he goes does. home at night and he just like gets in his bed and just like, oh my god, mm, mm. I have so how many picks? I got I have, have twenty. How many picks today, honey? I have twenty-seven picks, picks. Oh my god, it's incredible. <laughs> I think he just loves it. I think he just talks about it a lot. Uh, I bet his wife is tired of hearing about how many draft picks. That he's gotten for this team. I, I can only imagine that she's like, honey, I just can't. I can't. I don't care. Can we watch the World Series? Can we talk about anything else other than how many draft picks you have, please? Well, uh, and also in prime position to make a move if they want to, obviously. Especially if Chet takes uh, Joker's advice and just gets fatter because that's what he needs to do. Great advice from Joker. That's also my personal advice. <laughs> uh, I've, I've I've executed that plan uh, unintentionally for years. Uh, it's not hard, Chet. It's not hard, buddy. It'll it'll catch up to you. Uh, any final thoughts, Drew? Um, my final thought is 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 not important. Uh, but it, I'll just be short and quick with it. Georgia was uh was awesome. I really enjoyed it. It was my first trip to the state. Uh, we were in Atlanta for for a, a brief moment, and apparently, right on the street, very close to the street where Future, the rapper, grew up. So that nice. was kind of cool. Uh, and I really enjoyed uh atlanta i think the one thing i'll say is that the the drivers the 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 people that live in georgia that have to drive are not good at driving they're just not very good they have really nice freeways big big i-85 man i-85 you're just cruising yeah but we drove like i mentioned we drove from atlanta to blue ridge about an hour and a half two hours and i saw seven different car accidents oh just in an in a whatever that is 90 miles maybe 100 miles we're talking here so not great. The evidence there was also like we had to slow down for one of these accidents at one point. Some dude just rolled up on the shoulder, not in the lane, just hazards on, just cruising in a in a Nissan Altima. And it's not like he was exiting the freeway. He wasn't just oh I'm gonna get past this because I'm gonna take this. No, he just tried to get in front of people because that's what he was doing. Never trust anybody in a Nissan Altima ever. <laughs> and and just to be clear, they love smoking the Georgia pine up there. Most of those drivers are high as hell. So you got to be on the defensive no matter what. So anyway, uh, I, I really enjoyed the time. The town of Blue Ridge was was awesome. Uh, they're, like I said, the trees are incredible. I would love to spend more time there. Uh, we weren't we didn't get to a lake, unfortunately. Um, that would be like my next thing is if I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back. I want to see what the lake's like. But 
awesome trip. Shout out to everyone that was out there, all all the uh, the friends that we were with, uh, and shout out to the you know the great state of Georgia, man. I, that was my first experience. I really enjoyed. It. I had uh, Georgia barbecue as well. I had a, a pulled oh. pork sandwich that was phenomenal. So I, I you know ticked a couple boxes there. Southern hospitality, man. I got to live in Atlanta for a couple years. Great, great place to live. Great food. I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, my final thought is going to be on a serious note, Drew. It's going to be uh, I got. I want to fill everybody. In. There's a reason why we're doing a, a shorter podcast today. I can't look at a computer screen for more than 45 minutes a day right now. I know I like telling everybody my my health issues that I've had a lot of on this show, but this is just going to be like a reminder to listen to your body and listen to doctors. I had a scary moment this week. I'm kind of in a weird place. You know, we did a show last week after Drew and I celebrated opening night. We had talked about how we were hungover and uh, having a difficult time doing the podcast, but we wanted to get one out for all of our listeners. And I was hungover the next day. Not shocking, but I was I felt hungover the day after, which was shocking to me. I did not feel right. Um, it was a little weird to me. I've never had a two day hangover. And I just let it slide. And then on the third day, I had like my vision was all messed up. And I mentioned to a coworker of mine, like, I something, something's going on. I think I need to go see my eye doctor. And if you listen to the show, you know I've had eye issues for the past year. So I got a I got an appointment with her. And uh I went and I got checked. And she immediately sent me to the emergency room to get an MRI, an MRI, because something wasn't going right in my brain. And so I did that. I didn't get in to get the MRI till about six hours later, missed the Clipper game. They put it on for me in the in the uh, emergency room because and I passed out so many clips and drew cards you don't even know. Like there are so many staff members that are probably listening to our show right now. <laughs> I, w- I was very vocal. I did not like being in the emergency room. I did not like how long it was taking. And I made it very clear that I wanted to be watching the Clipper game and not stuck with a, a bunch of these people. Anyways, um, I did the MRI. It came back with uh, with MS, like multiple sclerosis. That's what they diagnosed me as that night. It was very scary. I cried. I did not know what to do. I was shaking. Um, they kept me overnight. You know, did a lot of blood work. Uh, put me up in a in a nice room. Memorial care took very good care of me. Like they were awesome. Um, I had to do a spinal spinal tap to. That's where they take uh, blood from your spinal cord to see if this is really MS. And uh, that's what I've been dealing with. I'm on steroids, these crazy steroids that the doctor told me, like, look, these are going to make you agitated, pissed off, um, suicidal, which was wild. And uh, it hasn't been fun. But my lab work came back today from the spinal tap, and it was negative. So right now we're diagnosing and treating for MS, which is a... um, it's, it's a chronic, it'll be with you. There's no cure, right? If this is a thing, but if you catch it early, like they caught with me, um, it's something that you'll be able to, to live with. So I'm prepping for it to be like, there, there's something going on in my brain, put it that way. Something's not right, but I will say this. I got a lot of love, man, like a lot of love from our followers, from my person on my personal side, followers, like a lot of prayer. I was shocked when I opened up my phone and saw how many people were praying for me. And, um, it meant a lot, like, uh, it meant a lot to me. And then like from the podcast side, I had so many people reach out to me and I want to bring up, uh, Daniel, our test really quick, who we don't speak a lot, but we're, we are friends. And, um, he left me a message and he's like, yo clips, hope everything's good. Cause I just want to let you know, like the podcast world needs you. Like they need you. And so many basketball fans hit us up. That meant so much to me, dude, you know, gives you purpose. It made me just like refocus and be like, look, these are the important things. This is what we love to do. Whether you have a disease or a debilitating thing, keep doing the stuff that you fucking love. You know, that's what life is all about. And, you know, life is going to life isn't fucking great all the time. And I say my gratitudes every day. I'm blessed for my friends and my family and my show and my job and my home and the beach and my passion. I'm grateful for the Clippers. Like, I'm glad that the Clippers chose me and I chose the Clippers. And um, life's going to throw you fucking curveballs. And you got to be Fred McGriff and learn how to hit those sons of bitches. 
So that's all I'm doing right now. I wanted to thank everybody for that. And you should thank me for not doing the show with my patch on. I'm supposed to be wearing a goddamn pirate patch, guys. A pirate <laughs> patch that I have okay. to wear to watch these basketball games because I'm seeing double. There's 20 people on the basketball court if I don't wear this damn patch. You so, wear it well. You wear it well. Man, and you have to keep switching the eyes. It's crazy. It's a whole routine. So I just wanted to fill everybody in. And um, I appreciate all the support. It meant a lot. And I think uh, your prayers might have came through with uh, with my spinal tap. That's what I think. That's what I'm writing it off as. So listen to your doctor. Listen to your bodies. We're not indestructible. And 10 years ago, I would have told my ophthalmologist, the lady that the, my doctor that sent me to the ER, I would I would have put it off for a couple of days, four or five days, and then I would have gotten it. Um, and who knows if this thing could be spreading or whatnot. So listen to your doctor, listen to your body. And uh, it is what it is, man. I have nothing to add, man, other than the fact that I'm really uplifted by the news today, which you shared with me before we jumped on the podcast. Uh, scary stuff, bro. Um, and I, I just want to echo like how amazing it was to see how many people reached out to you. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I, we're, we're, we're in this, right? You're in this right now and it, we're not, not out of the woods yet. Mm-mm. Uh, but we're still delivering content and James Harden got traded, right? So here we are, here we are doing we a podcast. Are. That's right? why I was so pissed off. Like, I, <laughs> like the, the doctors have told me part of this process is you need sleep and you need to moderate to, to monitor stress levels. And that's why I bought my, my weighted blanket. That's why I got my, my diffuser going in my room. That's just pumping out beautiful mists of great smells. I have the light rain going on Alexa. It's a whole vibe at night. And then I, and then James Harden has to do this. Got to do it at night. And I was going to hit you up at midnight and be like, fuck, man, we got to do a podcast tomorrow. No matter what, forget yep. Wednesday. But you're right, dude. The stress level is, is probably not where it needs to be right now. But I'm glad we got out of show, Drew. We needed to do this. And we are so close to episode 300 man we are staring at it we're at 297 right now we should be we should be done by by thanksgiving bro we yep, really gotta plan something special right around right around thanksgiving that's right uh it's gonna be right around there if you guys have any ideas of what we should do for our 300th episode or anything cool let us know but we are going next time the next show we do we might have a james harden on the clippers game we just might we just might so look forward to it it's the follow-through with clips and drew and we're ghost you know what it is, you know what it is.